Hey guys, it's David. Welcome to Sadness Town. This is the sixth episode of the Sadness Town podcast, recorded Saturday, September 26th at the Bathtub Republic in Washington, D.C. My guest on this episode is Chris Milner, a very funny stand-up comedian and a very English uh, human man. Uh, This is one of my favorite episodes I've recorded so far. Uh, It gets weird, it gets personal. Chris has a lot of really fascinating stories. Uh, And he picked a really English list of songs, which is great. That's why I had him on in the first place. Um, If you are Chris's mom and you are listening to this, uh, he says sorry about... uh, He didn't specify which part, uh, but... Uh, yeah, this is a really fun episode, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, a couple quick plugs. My next uh, next episode of Sadness Town is going to be recording live at Bathtub Republic. Uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, this coming uh, Saturday, which is October 25th. That's at Bathtub Republic, 3119 uh, 11th Street Northwest in Washington, D.C., and my guest for that one is Michael Foodie, who's a who's a fantastic weirdo and a brilliant man. Um, so that, that that show, as always, is going to be a free show at nine o'clock at the Bathtub Republic, and I hope you guys can make it out to that. Also, uh, coming up next month, I'm going to be in Seattle for about a week, so I'm going to try to lay down a, a live episode while I'm out there, in case anyone who's listening to this is in the Pacific Northwest. Um, stay tuned for details on that, but I think that's going to be November 11th or 12th. Um, but yeah, I'll keep you updated on it. Um, yeah, that's already too long of an intro. Let's get right into this episode with me and Chris Milner. Hey guys, welcome to Sadness Town. How you doing? Feeling good? We feeling good about ourselves here? Podcasting from the Bathtub Republic. Gorgeous basement right here in Columbia Heights. Lit to resemble the scene in Aliens right before they come through the ceiling. Uh, Gonna open this with a reading of the Sadness Town Charter. Item number one. This is a safe space. We're here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. Item number two. You were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward car wreck of a human being, and so was everybody else. Pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three. At the end of the show, everybody hugs. No exceptions. So we're calling this meeting to order uh, with the song Get Out and Play by The Offspring. This was a pretty important song for me uh, when I first heard it in, uh, this is the most ill-prepared podcast of all time, when I first heard it, and must have been seven, eight years old, because my older brother and I were still sharing a bedroom at that point, uh, and he got the cassette tape of this album, which was Smash, released in 1994. This particular song peaked at number 38 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, Yeah, so this was the first band that cursed that I was aware of. So that was like a big deal for me. And I remember I had a friend in the third grade uh, whose older brother got into gangster rap music at like the same time. And I was like, nah, they don't swear more than Offspring. Because Offspring had what I thought to be the most mind-blowingly vulgar sentiment like you could express in art in one of their songs. It wasn't this one. Uh, it was a song uh, called Bad Habit. And it was about a guy who drove around in his car with a gun murdering people. Uh, and there's a line in this song where he goes, and sing along if you know the words, You stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker! That was beautiful. And uh, and that like that tore my brain open. I'm like, can you say any of those things? Uh, but the reason I'm playing this song is because I, I just got back from Canada. I was in Montreal last weekend uh, hosting an award show for ski documentaries. Uh, and I'm not going to go into how I got hired for this gig because that's a whole other story. But basically, 
I, I got hired by this festival, uh, and I can't say the name of it, but it was called the International Free Ski Film Festival. And they brought me up to Montreal to, to like hand out the awards at their annual uh, film awards show. And uh, that event collided with another event in the festival, which was Red Bull was showing the premiere of some ski movie. And uh, I, they, were, they had an open bar with vodka Red Bulls. Uh, this was at 7 o'clock. My show's at 8 o'clock. So everyone comes in. And I'm not going to say much about the show except that a guy kept throwing bottle caps at me, which was particularly insulting, because I got beers at that show. They did not leave the caps on the bottles. <laughs> so either he brought his own, or he was digging through the trash for bottle caps, or every time that he ordered a beer, he's like, no, leave the cap on. I need it for something. <laughs> and, like, I can't... I'm not going to say anything bad about the people who run the festival, because they could not have been nicer, but it was a weird show. Uh, and then the next night they had a party and there was a cover band that played this song and I was so fucking excited. Like, I got so much juice from it. Like, you know when you get juice from something? Like a berry or something? Like, I got that when they played I was pretty drunk, but it was still, like, had that for me. And I realized that Sadness Town is eternal and it stretches across boundaries of, of culture, of, of nationality, you know? Like, like whether... Whether you're a sensitive genius from Washington, D.C., just trying to get through this fucking awards show, or you're some drunk asshole from Vancouver who just won the award for, like, best job not falling down, or whatever. <laughs> but uh, that's what that meant to me. Um, here to talk about it and other things with me, please welcome my guest, Chris Milner. How you doing, Chris? Very good, sir. Oh, I've got an echo. Yeah, uh, I tried to turning down the reverb on that. Again, this is... Uh... No, it's good. You read my rider. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would like to sound like I'm standing at the back of a long tunnel. Uh, just do it. Yeah, we do this show in a disused portion of the DC Metro. That got, They started building it, but never completed it. Uh, and so we go down there at night and fight off the mole people, and then we, we lay this shit down. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it was good. I mean, it's nice that you're crossing boundaries, international. Yeah, sure. That was like my first international gig. I've never done any comedy outside of the U.S. of A. before. I don't know how that would be. I've never done it either. No, I, don't no, know, I don't know if my show's a very good indication. I, I would disagree with it. It was like presiding over an all-white prison riot, basically. Yeah. I know. It, uh, the idea of you wearing a suit jacket, yeah. and this was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I, like, yeah. I, got all, I got all dressed <laughs> up for it. I got all gussied up and brought my A-game, you know? I was like, he was all worried about it. Look for the job you want, not the job you have, or whatever. I think I'm going to have to hire a jacket. Don't worry, bro, I've got a jacket. Oh, really, do you? Great. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna rent a jacket from a man on the street. They'll have them up there. caps and other insults that would have been lobbied at you. Oh yeah, but I mean, I got a like. I think I came out ahead because I got a free hat and a pair of sunglasses out of it. There you go. Like a stocking cap and no some goggles. sunglasses. You were talking about goggles. Did you not get goggles? I didn't get any goggles. I wrote a joke in my script specifically mentioning that I wanted a pair of ski goggles and they didn't come through on those. I don't ski, but just like for the bus or whatever. <laughs> if you go to a ski award show and can't get a pair of goggles. Yeah. Like that is that is like hosting the Oscars and be like, I need an envelope. Does anyone have an envelope? That's like an expression uh, for for impotence. It's like, man. I, my luck is so bad, I couldn't get a pair of goggles at a ski festival. Dude, I, you know what? That reminded me of it. Has anyone, does anyone watch the British version of The Office? Or is it just yeah. Me? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Right. This no, no, already? No, no, no. no. <laughs> there's, there's a point in it where he goes, I'm not saying he's unlucky, but if, if he fell into a barrel of tits, he'd come up sucking his own thumb. Right. I think that guy is saying he's unlucky. I heard the exact phrase used verbatim by a headlining comedian at Magoobies who thought that no one watched the English Name Names. This is the Name Names cast. Uh, yeah, he's never going to listen to this. It's Todd Rex. 
Ah, uh, that guy, I don't know who that is. That guy sucks. <laughs> he does suck. He does. Yeah, let's start an internet campaign against him. <laughs> yeah, he was racist. Poor guy, he's just like, he's got no idea what's about to hit him. Just the full force of the, the Sadness Town listenership is about to <laughs> flood his email. Dude, he's, he, the first show is on Thursday. He comes to me at 7 o'clock on a Thursday and goes, Did you party? Are you serious? And I was like, what do you mean? Because technically, yes, but I'm staying with my girlfriend, so I can't party hard enough for her to notice that I'm partying. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you mean weed? He's like, no, I don't smoke. I was like... Do you mean coke? He's like, no, I don't, don't do anything. Oh, wait, he was trying to, like, score some heroin and timonium? This is what we got to. I was like, do you mean mushrooms? He's like, oh, no, I don't do mushrooms. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Wait, he doesn't do any of the other <laughs> drugs, too. That's my favorite part. So, is that so like, what do you Just do? heroin. What it's the purest. Partying? And he's like, let's do some Molly. Oh, okay. Well, that's, like, that's all right. 6.45. That's not that Thursday. unusual. I really thought you were angling towards heroin there. Yeah, he, was, he wanted to do Molly every night of the show. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not doing money with you because I'm going to tell you that you're ripping off the UK version of The Office when I will feel you. And just think you'll be cool. Yeah, but you'll say it, you'll, you'll break it to him real easy. I doubt you know? I would, like, though, <laughs> honestly. I think I'd be thinking that I was really nice by telling him, but in fact, he would punch me in the face. So Why are we even talking about Todd Rex? I don't want to talk you about You brought it up! It was an awful weekend. <laughs> you Five bad shows. Alright. I just asked, I shouldn't have opened with a gotcha question. <laughs> Uh, I don't actually know if I asked a question. Hey, so Chris, we should address the elephant in the room. You are English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no other response to that, but yes. And as such, you did grow up in, in England. England. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, amongst free healthcare and people knowing that abortion was fine. Are we going to be able to hear those influences in these songs that you've picked for tonight? Some of them, yes. A lot of them you'll know. You'll just, um, okay. But, uh, but yeah, there, there's stories behind most of them. I realized when we were... Loose women and loose healthcare. I, there's one I forgot to put in that I told David about before we started, and he was like, yeah, you should have put that in. Who remembers It Doesn't Matter by Wyclef Jean and The Rock? Yes. As in The Wrestler, The Rock. Yeah. And the ex-Fuji Wyclef Jean. Alright, let's take a head count. Who remembers that? One. I'm glad I didn't put it in now. Okay, so it. moving on. This That's first fine. song. Yeah, so the first song. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's dig in. This is good for the echo, the first song. Yeah. Does it echo as well? Uh, you know, the first part is... Oh, no, that's not it. That's not the song at all. There it is. This goes on for such a long time. Twenty-five seconds. This is One Step Beyond by Madness. Uh, this is off their 1979 album One Step Beyond. Uh, it peaked at number seven on the UK singles chart. Is that it? Uh, yeah. That was it. I feel like this is like the English equivalent of that Wipeout song. Like. Dude, right? Oh, I found! <laughs> I saw... I saw Madness twice, right? Once when I was... <laughs> This sounds like the beginning of an H.P. Lovecraft novel. <laughs> <laughs> the first time was, was in concert man, at the O2 yeah. Arena. The second time was when I looked into the gaping maw of Cthulhu. Uh, the second time was at the O2 Arena. Okay. <laughs> the first time was Cthulhu. But the first time was at Wembley Arena, and I was uh, I was 16. It was in 1999, and then I saw them again when I was 26 in 2009. How they age in between? It was exactly the same show. Okay. They had the same outfits on, uh, the same dialogue, the same patter between the songs. Um, and I remember when I was 16, I went to see them in Wembley Arena, and I've never seen a bigger collective of neo-nazi skinheads what? in one place yeah, so yeah, this yeah. song oh yeah, dude madness was a scar band they were really like skinhead heavy that's such a weird cultural crossover and i've never been afraid of white people until it's like ripping off jamaican music and white 
supremacists are like, this is what we yeah. want. But they opened with this, and uh, I went from being very nervous because of to the being fact. one step beyond. Dude, all of them, the second it dropped, just started doing that funny run on the spot. Oh yeah, the dance. skank dancing. Yeah, the skank yeah. dance, right? Yeah. It just made them so less threatening. It looked like there was a huge neo-Nazi yeah. marathon, and they were all trying as hard as they can, but they literally weren't moving. Anywhere. You should have like gone and stood near them and handed water out. This is so unthreatening to see them fucking dance. Yeah, there's yeah, that's like a very. I mean, really, I don't think there's like a threatening dance move. Like, I don't think that there's. I don't think like the worm would have been better or anything. Like, although that would be terrifying if there was just a legion of worms coming towards you. That'd be awful. Uh, but yeah, so like, what? Where'd you? You grew up in London, and in London. But madness, madness was like a, a parental influence. Like I think, like I've never selected music that I liked myself. It was always selected for me by someone that I thought was cool at the time. Mm -hmm. So like, my parents were the first. Okay. Um, and they played me like on road trips, madness, and uh, and it was it was nice. It was, it was a good song. <laughs> and, I, and I still... Little them. did you know, your childhood memories were being experienced even more fiercely by gangs of skinheads. But looking back, it makes sense why I'm slightly racist. <laughs> you know, I, I just... It just is like... You forget how the influences of when you're young can affect you when you're older. And I honestly think some of the things that my parents made me listen to, like, changed the way that I think now. Yeah. You'll see, with I, the next, I, you'll see with the next song. It's this next it's song it. is super racist. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, it's another aspect of my childhood. Racist. <laughs> this isn't racist. This is very this racist. This takes a second to This is in. harmonizing between races. Yeah, it's beautiful. Who knows this? Just me. <laughs> I know this song. You guys don't know this song? Yeah, David knows that you researched it. This is uh, Kingston Town by UB40 off of their uh, 1989 album Labor of Love 2. <laughs> the sequel tag kind of undercuts the... I, I don't know. I, we... Bob Marley thinks it's one love. We think we can have two. Labor of Love in New York. <laughs> <laughs> the labor of love to the laboring. Uh, this peaked at number four on the UK singles chart. This was a cover of a song by someone named Lord Creator. There you go. God, aka. Yeah, it was God wrote this song. You be for. Has anyone done that? Has any Christian rock band like given all the writing credit to God? Like, he's just speaking. We're just covering his songs, really. When you get down to it, because he appears in beautiful dreams, and then he fucks us. What? But yeah, this song is mellow as fuck. This uh, song is still a beautiful song. Yeah, it's really nice. And this is one of the other bands that was a parental influence and I still listen to today. And uh, looking back, added to the skinhead thing, I think the, the fact that my parents were playing me reggae and ska at such a young age subconsciously gave me a preconception to like marijuana. Yeah. So... I'm not blaming them <laughs> for making you a racist pothead. Yeah, but <laughs> but you can't ask where were the parents because we know where they were. They were playing. Yeah, they were leading you a, down that dark path. Yeah. yeah, so that's that. Uh, but my mom grew up in Kingston. This is why I chose this song. Okay, she, she actually lived there. From when she was one until she was twenty. Did she have these sorts of feelings about it? Uh, I don't know, but she. I said, "Can we go back to Jamaica, Mom? I love marijuana." And she's like, "No, we could never go back there." Because, yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah, she's like, "Wherever I grew up, you would get shot," which is sad. Yeah. So my mom has this mystique about her because she used <laughs> to live in Jamaica, like when she wouldn't. Have she got was shot. born in it, and she rose up out of it like Bane. I know. <laughs> and it's, it's, that's but that's why I like weed. It's because I associate reggae with happiness. And with, with and then the, I the love of your mother. Yeah. Smell weed. And I'm like, mother. 
we have gotten so deep so fast in this episode. Like I've never, I've, ne- I've never gotten someone to open up like this. Uh, one thing. This is, this is such a jump backwards from that whole thing, but. Uh, uh, no, I think that's beautiful, and I, I love this, like, UB40's great, I don't, like... Did you hear the rumor about, that? Uh, well, I didn't think it was a rumor. I tried to verify this on Wikipedia, because I thought you might, mm-hmm. but there's a story that apparently, they used to do a lot of cocaine, and once they were in Ireland, and had run out of cocaine, and had just done a tour in Africa, so they all crushed up and snorted their malaria tablets, which then put four out of the seven members of the band into a coma. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what? a pretty high ratio. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's actually that's over fifty. Like one. Yeah, we had seven like to begin with. That was probably extraneous. Yeah. yeah, we've lost three multi instrumentalists. Yeah. Everyone got, left only bongos. plays one instrument. You got bongo. Yeah. And, there yeah. goes old Bongo Berry. I told him not to snort those. <laughs> But like they sound like they're they're a British band, right? They're from yeah. Birmingham, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so like I was, uh, I did not read that part of the Wikipedia entry. No, it's not on there. Uh, okay. I may have dreamed it. Uh, <laughs> I do know that. I Maybe did. God put it in your brain during a beautiful dream. Yeah, the creator. Uh, but I read uh, it said on the Wikipedia page that uh, the 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 record label which owns the rights to this song, like they sued Paris Hilton in two thousand seven. Because for plagiarism, because her song sounds exactly like it. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I didn't know the song, so I looked it up, and it sounds exactly like it. But it's Paris Hilton. Do we have it? Yes, we do. <laughs> oh, don't ruin it. <laughs> Literally the exact same song. She could be singing over a karaoke track of this song. Alright, you don't need to hear any more about that. And like, it's not like she wrote that song, but still, oh my god. What is it bad that I'm preferring that one? Just in the small You know, the production is fantastic. She didn't snort her malaria medicine. <laughs> she's never been to Africa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. I don't think she knows where Africa is. She, she, she probably could point it out. <laughs> like, I would give her that much credit. Like, if you were like, which of these continents? Like, I think she could do that. <laughs> which of these continents is Africa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The other and so it's like North America, <laughs> yeah. Europe, and then just a picture of a bird. <laughs> And then Africa. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. I just uh, that just tickled me. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> sucks, everybody. This is the most '90s <laughs> shit that's ever been conceived. This is uh, Ace of Base. That band from Sweden with All That She Wants off their 1992 album, Happy Nation. This was a number one in the UK and a number two in the US. This was like the launching pad for Ace of Base. Was was this on, I thought this was on the album The Sign. It was on both, I think. Yeah, because because they were just like, eh, they can't get enough of this. The only reason I know that <laughs> is because, yeah, exactly. They only had three songs. And, yeah, but yeah. I, I thought they had a fourth one, but that turned out to be the Cardigans. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the first album I ever bought on, on tape. Oh, seriously? Yeah, tape. Yeah, you love it. It's great, isn't it? It's, I mean, yeah, this song still fucking yeah. rocks. Like it is. This was. Did you, did you ever buy tapes? Did you ever, or you always see it? No, I, th- I think the first album I got was Bad Hair Day by Weird Al Yankovic, and that yeah. was a CD. Yeah. First CD I ever bought was uh, Dookie by Green Day. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty common one. I think that was one of my brothers' first, but uh, no, like the first one was Weird Al, and I think the second through sixth ones were also Weird Al. <laughs> like it took a while before I even found out about other music. To be honest, <laughs> I just knew about. Uh, 
Fleetwood Mac because uh, uh, my uh, my parents listened to it and I hated it because I was an asshole. What? Um, Fleetwood Mac very nearly made it on this list, son. It was like the madness. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I realized now that I was being irrational at the time, but it's still stuck in my brain like I don't really like Fleetwood Mac. Right. You just soured this podcast, right? No, let's go back to where weed is your mother. <laughs> no, we can talk about this song. This song's important to me because this song used to get listened to by me and my sister and two of our family friends, one of whom was very clearly gay. And uh, this was, I was a child, okay? I, I wasn't like a sexual profiler at all, but I knew this guy was gay before I even knew what sex was. Oh, okay. That's how gay he was, right? He was very flamboyantly gay and like, you know, it's my, no problem, my sister's gay or whatever. But he came over once and we used to listen to Sam all the time. All the time. And one day he came over and the only time my parents have ever thought I was gay was as a direct result of him having come over. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he decided to come out in the house while we were all together, oh. but the kids were upstairs, oh, yeah. and the mum was downstairs, and so we assumed that when he came out to us, he came out to my parents' mum okay. to the same story, but he didn't. And so we went downstairs, me and my sister, and were like, oh, that's crazy news about Sam, isn't it? Like, the fact that he's gay. And my mum was like, what? <laughs> what? Are you joking? Is that a joke? Like, How did you find out? Hilarious. She just thought you did it firsthand. Yeah, that's what you get. But but she was cool about it. And like but she but she said that we were talking. She and I and I was like, you know, it's cool, mum. Don't worry. You know, this happens. And, uh, and she goes like, don't worry. Like you know, you're my son. If you're gay, I'll love you anyway. Which is a great motherly thing to say, yeah. a very supportive thing. But unfortunately, just before she said that, my dad walked into the room. And having not heard any of the previous conversation, <laughs> just heard, don't worry, son, if you're gay, I'll love you anyway. And then I saw the plates he was holding just drop. It was like in Cloud Atlas. I ain't raising no puff. Yeah, it, everything went in slow mo. Everything went in slow mo. Yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> Oh, that was perfect with the echo. It all, yeah, it all got, all got cleared up in the end. Yeah. <laughs> the plates. He's still there. Yeah, uh, yeah. sure he's still yeah, I fucked a lady in front of him. Yeah, but, that's now... what, but that's what Ace of Base always reminds me of. It's the time of the time. After buying the Ace of Base album. And then. Can I say what, what you wrote about the song when you sent it to me initially? Yeah, what was that? It was just one sentence you wrote. Yeah, this song was when I was, uh, when I was a kid, and I, it reminds me of this gay kid. I'm like, I can see it, but I, it's very direct. I was, I was really hard, and he sent me a thing. I'm going to need a reason why you chose these songs. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see it having that tone if you're high. No context at all. Yeah. I don't mean me, even though we're talking about his voice. That makes it sound like, that makes it sound like I was like, how dare you? Yeah. Submit these songs. Who doesn't like Ace of Base? Uh, Abba, that's who. Abba's doing fine, I think. Like, I don't think Ace of Base is even biting their ankles. I reckon right they were now. worried for like. A how minute. many musicals does Ace of Base have? Hopefully, at least one in Sweden. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm googling this when I get home. This next pick is so fucking English it hurts. Uh, this is Ocean Color Scene with The Day We Caught the Train. This was off their 1996 album, Mosley Shoals. Uh, it peaked at number four on the UK singles chart. Um, I'll give these guys one thing. They've heard the Beatles before. <laughs> they sure have heard those Beatles. I never even noticed that. <laughs> I, I don't like the Beatles and don't listen to them. 
<laughs> so for me, this was like the pinnacle of rock music in the last 40 years. Can we just do the first part again? Yeah, for real. It doesn't come through the speakers that great, but... This is original. That's about as original as I've heard. Like this, this is... It's like they were they heard Abbey Road and then they were like, let's do something like that immediately. <laughs> I, I think these guys are onto something. Let's I try to. I think you give Ocean Coliseum that well-known band enough credit. Here. I, I think this is a pretty good song, but to be fair, I also think that Oasis mainly ripped off the Beatles. So. That is true. Thirty Northern Monkeys. <laughs> All right, there's more racism coming into play on this one. I, I only knew this band because they had a song that was pretty fucking good in, uh, I think it was Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. It was either that or Snatch, it was one of those. I didn't know they had another song. <laughs> I don't What's remember the name song? of it, I, I couldn't tell you. But, but I know that I had, like, I know that I downloaded these guys off Napster, like, I know that that happened. Right, so, so, the story of me buying this album, this single, this is such a good song, is, uh, I went and bought this single for a friend, because he asked his mum to buy it for him. He was too embarrassed to buy it himself. Okay. So his mum came to collect me, because I was supposed to hang out with him. Alright. She was like, oh, we've got to go and buy this song for my son. And I was like, what's the song? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> so we went in and found it. Like, him, me and his mom. This is the saddest way to buy music. Yeah. With your friend's mum. Yeah. And he's too cool to buy it. Did you and guys have Sam Goodies over there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that a store? Yeah, yeah, it's and like similar to HMV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the one over there. Yeah, that's the one. Because that that was like that was just the shittiest place to buy music. Like you just feel like a fucking fake if you try to buy anything remotely cool in one. And I don't think they exist anymore. I think Sam Goodies are gone. Yeah. Why would you buy anything cool? Yeah, I, yeah, basically. I, I just Borders Books, which is mostly a CD store. It's, well, not, no. It's like, you can buy downloads there. I don't know what you do there. Barnes & Noble. Borders is done, too. Sorry, that was, uh, that was like a whole train of thought that got derailed and kept going for a while. But... Yeah, so like I'm just the the big chain music stores that they they have one in like every fucking mall and it's like yeah, eighteen dollars. Did Virgin not buy them here? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Virgin bought all. They at least they like had a section in Sam Goody. Like there was like a Virgin section where it's like I don't know. Virgin Here's Virgin. what Richard Branson looks like, or I don't know what they did over space there. music. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, yeah, I went to space. I got some music up there. <laughs> The Lord Almighty planted it in my head in a beautiful dream. Yeah, I still I realize I haven't picked one song yet that I've chosen out of for myself. What? I'm just thinking, like, that song as well, as well as the other two. Now oh, you got it from someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never, I don't ever, I've still not picked music that I like, I think, to this day. We're going to get to that, right? Well, we can pick some more other music that other people like that I've decided to okay, like. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's not an uncommon backstory. Like, I got all my early shit from my brother, and uh, then uh, after that, it was just like I was just uh, getting it off from other people and uh, the radio. I, I mean, that's that, not like a really... I think that music's more about, like, what you remember from when you were listening to it rather than whether you came up with it yourself and yeah. discovered it. Sure. like, you can come up, or you can, like, have amazing memories in your life from music that you were completely, you know, with other people's influences. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's like how you find out about music. It's like your friend is like, check out this band. Like, you're not out there pounding the pavement every fucking weekend. Like, what's, what's a cool band that I could go... I just wait for their mums to turn up. It's the weird... take me to the store. Like, you never just go to a concert and go like, like, I don't know who's playing, but I like music. Like... His... <laughs> It's like I think there's a band opening for music tonight. Let's go check that out. Like you don't do that. I, you you pick it up from other people, and now you have like uh, internet robots that are like, if you like this song, you might like the Beatles. Check out the Beatles if you like this song. Yeah, or you too, if you don't like anything to do with you too, you'll have you too. <laughs> yeah, just, you get it. You'll like you too, and you too is good. It's it's very weird. Like people were disproportionately mad about that. I'd I be think. mad. If I'm just you two showed up in your, oh, in your music you library. <laughs> I mean, I don't like them either, but it's like, all right. I, 
Uh, it's creepy for sure, but I don't put that on you too. It's just like Apple is like, what are the kids like these days? <laughs> we'll give them what they want. Give them that you too. But no one likes you. You too's. I feel the like the people of two demographics right now. The people who are buying new U2 albums are buying them at Starbucks. Make no mistake yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're going in elevators. That's where that album yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, what is this? They're just shazamming songs at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ASPCA commercials and just whatever. It's like, this is beautiful. What is this? All right, moving along. Oh, I hate this band. <laughs> oh, this song takes like twelve seconds to kick in. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not judging because a lot of people really like this band. I just never could stand them. A lot of people would like this song. This just feels so like. Dawson's Creek era WB to me, like... You can't argue with those lyrics. That's poetry. You really gotta listen to the whole album, man. <laughs> she just gets mentioned constantly. <laughs> what? Oh, is it? This is Round Here by Counting Crows. This is uh. Claps, I got claps. Thank you. Wasn't my choice. As we got over this, this is all songs that were chosen by other people. This is off their 1993 debut album, August and Everything After, which is a fancy way of saying at the end of summer, fall, and the beginning of winter. <laughs> and the following summer. This peaked at number 70 in the UK and uh, number 31 on the Billboard Hot 100 here Robbed. in the United States. Robbed. Travesty. Yeah, this is where you started to get into that international music. Dude, this was. Uh, I just see people hugging on a dock when I hear this song. <laughs> yeah, Twenty-five-year-olds trying to be fifteen-year-olds hugging on a dock. Yeah. Yeah, these vocals are so Vanderbeek to me. I don't know what it is. It is Vanderbeek. It just stick. Like, people only sang songs like this in the 90s. And then, like, holdovers from that. Like, Rob Thomas did it. Like, that band Vertical Horizon. You guys remember that? Uh... No, Vertical Horizon was on the mixtape that my first girlfriend made me that this was the first song on. Which is why it features. Yeah. It was a very angsty And you were like, I still might be gay. I still might be gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Looking back, that was a moment of confusion. But she had a very, this was a very angsty mixtape. Again, tape deck, uh, yeah. pencil, to so fast forward. Um, and it had songs like Creep by Radiohead. Oh, sure. Um, Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh -huh. Yeah, there's another one that I, was, uh, that I couldn't uh, remember. Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. Oh, oh God, yeah. I mean, damn I it! Those songs sort of sum up exactly. Yeah. Sort of, it's got sixteen. You know, a lot of poetry being written. Yeah. A lot of cigarettes being smoked. It's just such a weird. Very little sex being had by anyone. Um, it's just a, it's just such a weird impulse where, when you're like a teenager, where you're like, I feel this so much. I want to give this to someone. They're probably as sad as I am, right? Like they're gonna, they're gonna take the same thing. The effort involved yeah. in making, oh, a making a mixtape. I didn't even like get it. Yeah. It's like you've got to focus that angst for like four or five hour period. Right, it's like being a mechanic or something. Mechanic. Or like another thing that I don't know how to do. I don't know. It's like doing your taxes. I don't know. Yeah, this was nuts. And it was funny because this was a girl that like I wasn't cool in high school, but, but this was a girl that, <coughs> no, was, you were not. that was cool. And um, 
And so she was like my conduit into the cool group uh, in school. The conduit yeah. into cool. Yeah, and so I used to like hang out with the cool group just like by proxy because they tolerated me. And there was this this one time I remember anyone that knows me knows that like I'm an enthusiastic pro legalization advocate and uh, I'm quite good at rolling joints. And the first but the, the whole way that it, this ever happened is because we went to a big meeting in the park with all of the cool people. And I was there and it was this thing, it was like 420, but it's in English, it's on May Day, it's called May Day Day. And I was tasked to roll, and I'd never rolled a joint before. And so I, I was like, fuck this, and I tried to really roll the joint. And I tried this so hard, and it was the worst joint like, that there has been. But I had no context of how bad a joint was. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna like this, and like pass it around oh, yeah. to all the cool people. And it got to like the coolest guy in the group, that's probably like a used car salesman now, but like at the time, was like the coolest guy. And as it got to him, like just the roach just fell out in his mouth and then all the weed started falling out. And like he got the attention of the whole group and was like, who the fuck rolled this piece of shit? And everyone was just like, Milner. And it was just the worst. And I made a pact that day. I was like, I'm gonna learn to roll. And one day I will be the best. And that day's come. <laughs> I gotta Does anyone want buddy. any of this joint, by the way? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mother, and all relatives that will hear this. I'm in America. You just passed your mother over there. Because <laughs> <laughs> before. Okay, yeah, yeah. That song's like nine minutes long. How's it ended already? Oh, no, it's only, uh, it's only five, ten. Five, oh yeah, yeah, there's still some left. He's probably gonna. <laughs> the despair doesn't end that quickly. Oh no, this last part is just like, shit, I'm sad about this thing. Musical poetry. <laughs> Musical poetry. <laughs> and check out Gilmore Girls. <laughs> 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 nice. That's a tonal shift. Right, so up until this point, I thought that music was art, and like anything that was musical was like creative and beautiful, and was like dear poetry. <laughs> and then I heard this song, and I was like, oh, you can, oh, you can just be a fucking you idiot. You can write threatening letters to a porn star yeah. by giving her analingus and make it into a big hit. Uh, this song is The Ballad of Chasey Lane by the Bloodhound Gang. This is off their 1999 album, Hooray for Boobies! <laughs> this surprised me though. This peaked at number 15 on the UK singles, which is significantly higher than it charted here. I don't think it even charted here. So this is a series of... Uh, this is basically like the Eminem song, Stan, except instead of Eminem, the letters are addressed to porn star Chasey Lane. And it's a guy who just desperately wants to put his tongue in her asshole. And that's it. Uh, Have you ever heard this? Who hasn't heard this song before? Just raise your hand. It is ridiculous. There's a PS later on that we'll get to. I mean, it's not as hardcore as like stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker. That's but, like, true, but that at least had a message. Yeah, it was a bunch of white kids from Orange County singing about gang violence. Yeah, and these are a load of white kids from slightly lower than Orange County talking about Ana Lincoln. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah, like he said, lower. <laughs> this is Chasey. Chasey. Suck it, this Keystone State. Now show them them titties. Oh, okay. Wait, keep doing that. Now show them them titties. <laughs> Alright. Yes, mom and dad. This is Tracy. Tracy, this is my mother and father. Now show them them titties. Again, again. I was gonna, I was gonna say never gets old, but I'll bet it would. This song just opened my mind. A lot of people say like Nirvana and that opened their mind, or the Beatles. Bloodhound Gang opened my mind. I remember. <laughs> to what art can be. I remember seeing the music video for. Um, what was that? What's this the is the Depeche Mode song that they stole the melody from. They're Did like, they? yeah, yeah. 
They're like open about it, but that, they, that ruined my. No, it's uh, it's the main guy's favorite band apparently, Depeche Mode. Paris Hilton and Depeche Mode are killing me today. <laughs> yeah, this is this has been kind of a this is your life thing. Now I let me fuck it up for you. I don't see the whiteness. That's fine. Yeah, I don't know. That was just what the Wikipedia entry said. It was like what the guy said about. Trust Wikipedia. I could have written that. Well, you would know, right? Yeah, I was wrong about this. I'm gonna have to go take some out. Oh, it is the same. You're right. Yeah, Fuck you, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but no, I remember seeing. Yeah, I had a lot the, of tears. I had a lot of tears. <laughs> yeah. Lot of I think that was the underlying message of most Depeche Mode songs. They were all pretty spooky like that. Like, those were... They did exclusively, like, uh, hanging out outside your bedroom window songs. <laughs> it's just the way that he sings. It sounds like a ghost is fronting a new wave band. <laughs> Whilst Bloodhound Gang are in your bedroom. Just doing more. Ghost of Christmas Past. Uh, Depeche Mode. The Phantom of the Opera, like, in bondage gear. That's what I picture. <laughs> Every night. Uh, but no, no, like, so I remember seeing the music video for Mope by the Bloodhound Gang, which was, must have blown a fuse, nothing going on, later than the Pope, let the walls again go, it was just like, it was, it was very packed, it was very dense lyrically, but, uh, very Sum 41, yeah, the music video was like an epic story where they smoke crack with Pac-Man, and, uh, does anyone remember this? Okay. Alright, comments here, thank god. Uh, no, but so that, like, that's, that music video, like, I downloaded it from, like, Kazaa or whatever, and it took, like, seven hours. But, uh, it took seven hours to even access the YouTube video. About yeah, you're right, night. it was probably, like, you four days. You've got to days, sign in, yeah. I've got to prove my age. It's like, I chose this. Yeah. You have my account details, Cloud. Let me see tips. Yeah, man. It's like the people who are in favor of a one-world government. But like, what, what I'm saying is like that. That music video was the funniest fucking thing to me, and I like downloaded it and watched it again and again. Um, and yeah, they were a clever bunch of blokes, and they wrote some catchy songs. They did. And now they're all dead. They could be. I don't know. I, maybe. <laughs> I think they probably all have STDs. <laughs> They, or they were not being honest in a lot of their music. I disagree. I mean, they were like some of the main guys going around claiming to have STDs. Okay, this next one's amazing. What you laughing at? You got the short version. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> This is, of course, So Solid Crew, with 21 seconds. This was the hit single off their album, They Don't Know, which came out in 2001. And it, this peaked at number one on UK Single. Number one, so shut up! This was their Macarena. For everyone that was hating... Right, let's just give a bit of background. It's called 21 Seconds. Uh-huh. Because each member of the gang gets 21 seconds to spit about themselves. Just, just rap about anything to their heart's content. The main thing they rap about is how they have 21 yeah. seconds and, to but do the, it. But the, song's, the song's like five minutes long. So there's like a baker's dozen of this lot, right? And they're all just coming up saying, I need more time to tell you who I am. Yeah. But 21 seconds has never seemed longer. But this was a this number one hit. So like, like, even split 13 ways, they all made out like a, Like they, everyone, they, they, everyone just gets at least 19 seconds too long on the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, every verse is like, uh, is like, I got 21 seconds. Ha! That's 21, uh, you reckon? It's 21, my field is feckin'. Alright, I'm gonna go home. And then they that's just the rake in royalties. Such, such bad... Oh, listen to this. 
I oh, know, right, so there's one guy that manages, it's the worst rapping ever, okay? One guy manages to rhyme popular, telly, vampire, and slipping. Just by adding ya to the end of everything you said. <laughs> and then he went home and printed money for about a year. I missed him. One guy has like a vampire verse. Yeah, that, I think we should go back because that's the guy. He's the one that rhymes vampire. Uh -huh. It's awful. It's, it's the worst rapping there is. And it went to number one. I think it's still to come. No, it isn't. This is Romeo. Oh, okay. It's like the last one. <laughs> I, know the, I didn't get the short version. Like there are two and a half minutes candidate. of this left. It's like the lyrics are stuck in my head. They're just like, every day I can hear it. 21, 2, my brother, 10 plus 1, Romeo, done. The lyrics are stuck in my head. Right, Whatever, you know. It's now. It's now. This one. Listen. Vampire. Telly. Popular. What? popular. What? 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 It's like when agents like, show please. up in the Matrix, <laughs> like, uh, like when they just pour out of another guy. And they've got special effects, but it's, it's like, I'm another guy you don't give a shit about. Like, oh, you ready for that? Yeah, it's the same guy that did Escape from L.A. does the special effects. Like one guy comes in on a helicopter, but the, but the helicopter's only twice the size of him. Yeah. Seriously, look up this video it's if you get the point. chance. It's amazing. It's huge. And the funny thing is, this whole crew were peers, not peers of mine, but they were they were the same age. So where, where we were in South London, they were like just around at parties and you used to see them driving through London in like their, their Audi TTs all blacked out, like five of them. Nine piled into each car. You know, just blazing around. What do you think they're doing? And then now? we all got no, then the funny thing is then we all got their cell phone numbers and everyone started prank calling them. Right? And, like this tough garage crew were getting prank called by like just loads of little people like being twenty. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was in on this. You're Wait, a vampire, what? you're on the telly, you're popular, dick. Wait, really? You were like YouTube comments before YouTube yeah. comments. Voicemail trolling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's something to be proud of. We did it to Craig Davis. These guys had one hit and we ruined their lives. They had like four hits. Oh, okay, alright, never mind. <laughs> but, I mean, when you get right down to it, they still have like a third of a hit per person. Yeah. And Ali G was like the biggest representative of their entire art form. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. um. This is Andy C with Body Rock. Does anyone know who Andy C is? He's known as the Armin Van Buren of drum and bass music. <laughs> Wikipedia, I don't know who that is either. I, I found that out today. But listening to this, I have to agree. <laughs> I'm not going to take any mockery of Andy C. Because Andy C is the Liza Banks. No, it was just funny because it was like, <laughs> he started at 15. Okay, he had to get his mum to let him into clubs. And he was making music and just created a genre. It's called drum and bass. It sounds like a clown squeegeeing a window <laughs> yes. whilst farting. And riding a pony for some <laughs> reason, I think. It's got a gallop to it. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, this was a hard one to look up because, uh, Wikipedia doesn't know this song. That, I, they just know that Armin Van Buren thing. Luckily, uh, I'm here. And, uh... But it was also the, the title of a 1984 breakdancing film starring Lorenzo Lamas. I wanted you to know that. I did know that. Have you seen it? No, I didn't know that. Has anyone seen that? Has anyone seen the 1984 the people that know this Lorenzo Lamas uh, breakdancing film? If you didn't know Anthony and Lorenzo Lamas, why, didn't you, why did you come? Why, why are you here? 
If you weren't ready for Body Rock and Because ladies and gentlemen, TV. please welcome my special guest, Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> Put your hands together. And then he pulls off his face and it's Andy like C. Someone walks down the stairs. It's Lorenzo Lamas! Special guest! Lorenzo, I don't know anybody. Good you need to join us. I do know you. I do know you. What's up, Mama? Come here. Come here. All right, guys. <laughs> Lorenzo Lamas just stormed into the room, declined to take the stage, and instead greeted a member of the audience and sat down. Should I, should I play Lorenzo Lamas? I can play him. Do it. Are you or are you not Lorenzo Lamas? I'm really not Lorenzo Lamas. Imagine if you actually were Lorenzo Lamas. Boo! Could it, could it be better? Boo! Unless you're someone better like William H. Macy, I don't even want to hear it. Uh, I, I can only be myself, but I would have played it for y'all. Who are you? I'm Dave. Alright, uh, everyone out there in Sadness Town land, uh, meet Gabe. Hey now! Yeah. Oh, he has a catchphrase! Yeah! <laughs> I own it! Uh, I own my tardiness, and I own it. It's like the Kool-Aid guy. It's Gabe! Oh yeah! I'm just gonna start this over, it's not gonna make a difference, I don't know. <laughs> you might, it just repeats, it's the same song. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is... Oh, but it does this part at the beginning, I like that. Where it sounds like they're playing balloons. <laughs> My dad, I remember once, right, because this is, the reason I chose this song is because I ended up being a drum and bass DJ for about six years, and this was the song that introduced me to drum and bass, age like 16. And I remember playing it in my room when I was DJing, and I used to DJ a lot in my room, and my dad just walked in and just stared at me. And I took that as a cue to turn the music down because he wanted to tell me something and he didn't want to shout, so I turned the music down and he just goes, that is just sounds. <laughs> stupid. Just stupid sounds. <laughs> and then he just walks out. Stupid, <laughs> stupid sounds. <laughs> and he's got a point. Listen to it. It's stupid. What stupid are you sounds. doing, listening to sounds? Tell your dad, "Fuck you, dad. I'm the, I'm the Armin Van Buren of sounds." <laughs> I don't know. I just picture a guy like. Look, 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 they're all nodding. They're all nodding. You can't escape this song. It's like Gloria Estefan's song. I mean, it makes me picture a man just running from a freight train for a long time. <laughs> like, he's not running really fast, it's just that the freight train is going the speed of a guy who's running. It's like the soundtrack in North by Northwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is exactly like the soundtrack in North by Northwest. This is Cary Grant running slowly. Yeah, this would be great, uh, great soundtrack for aliens to just burst through the ceiling right now. In this red, red fucking room. Ready? 30 meters! Ready? 20 meters! 15 meters! There's something we missed! What was it? 10 meters! They're in the room! Ah! And then we just cut the podcast right there. Yeah, but you should filter in the actual song right now. Right now. Just then. Just then. Just write it back then. All right, I'm going to edit out all these edit points. Good. That it's confusing. It <laughs> I think it sounds like Frogger is a gritty reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like David Fincher directed a Frogger film, like... <laughs> They're like, after the success we had in foreign markets with Battleship, we've decided to let's go let's ahead and do... Let's have other audience participation metaphors for how the music sounds. Does anyone else have a sound? We've got a clown squidgy in a window whilst partying. It sounds <laughs> like crap. Ah! <laughs> Michael Foodie. Uh, Chris's dad, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh think God. there was any way he was going to be here. He hit maybe on the Facebook event, so I'm like, he's not coming. That was the M. Night Shyamalan ending to that podcast, is that Michael Booty is my dad. If you're at home and you don't know who Michael Booty is, 
Yeah, yeah, bad luck, Dad. Yeah, you're wrong about that. <laughs> um, yeah, What's this, going on? What's going on? I'm going gonna, gonna to stop this. It's stressing weird. me out. Someone's mixing something really badly. What is that? Why, why, what is this? Why is this? <laughs> we got a title for this episode, everybody. <laughs> this is probably what my dad heard. Is this sound. I actually know what the next song is no, that's coming in. You're, like, it sounds like you're being pursued by demons from the internet. <laughs> that was my teenage years. No, fuck, fuck. What was that? Nothing. <laughs> so, how old were you when you started uh, DJing the drum and bass? Uh, 19. Yeah, and how long were you in that world? Were you in that world? Until I was 24. Yeah, I was actually in Spain. I was a part of a large deal. <laughs> you were the Armin Van Buren of Spanish DJs? <laughs> I had to sneak him back in one more time. Right, in Spain, there is no drum and bass scene. But where I was living, there was the only drum and bass collective. Therefore, the biggest drum and bass scene ever. Collective? That makes it in sound like Spain, they all lived in a house. There was three of them. They brought me on as like their English collective guys. Just a bunch of drum and bass guys at a house? It was good times. They needed someone to catalogue their records. It's like a house haunted by ghosts who want to party. The... The, uh, I was about to say something really interesting there. Really interesting. I, uh, I'm satisfied with ghosts who like to party. Oh yeah, that was it. I found a blind man's cane once in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. And I don't know why what? it was there. No. Either, either a blind man had lost it and was just aimlessly wandering around searching for no, a cane or an exit. I've seen that before. I've seen like a cane like in the street, just unattended, and I'm like, either there was like a miracle here or a terrible <laughs> yeah. accident. Yeah. Like it's not. There's no in between. Yeah. Either the, the blind man had lost the cane, or someone had stolen a cane from a blind man at some point, and it was there for him. But was yours? A oh, I was thinking was either he just can walk now, was or yours, like, was yours collapsible? See. No, it wasn't. It was just like a regular cane okay. that like an old man would have. Fuck that. My one was collapsible. Fuck old people. Telescopic collapsible cane. Uh huh. Right with rubber, elastic inside. I kept that on me in my back pocket for about six months because in space. Just in case. No, everyone's wearing sunglasses anyway. If you're in a queue and you're in sunglasses and you whip out a fucking cane, you are at the front of that queue within seconds. It was the best addition to my wardrobe, the blind man's cane. And but with... I'm not even joking, for months I used this. You can go special, into anywhere, pretend you're blind. You can hit one. people that are in your way, they apologize to you. Which of these? It's fucking amazing. <laughs> like, it's not, this is not a joke. I lost it, I was really angry when I lost it. It's not, it's not a joke. So which of these songs would you say inspired you to do that terrible thing? <laughs> that was just entrepreneurial. <laughs> is that what that is? If you find the cane, if someone busts you, they're like, "Yeah, you can see." Like when you just put the cane back in your pocket. I challenge as you. As soon as you're inside the movie I theater, you. I challenge you. If you had to wear sunglasses every day, and there were cues, and you had a collapsible blind man's cane in your pocket, had to you wear sunglasses every day. It was Spain. Yeah, it was the dress code. <laughs> they catch you going down the street bare-eyed, they'll kill you. What the hell, man? Uh -huh. Good, good times. Yeah, sure. That's a great story. Yeah. And then, then they were like, aren't you that DJ from Spain? I was like, I don't know. Oh, oh God, you could have been the <laughs> famous blind, blind DJ, DJ if you'd had any <laughs> commitment whatsoever. DJ Ciego. <laughs> like a character from an obscure western movie god uh yeah i think you should have gone for that i think you should still be over there blind djing i still might just buy one off ebay just to get around some of those no. are <laughs> everyone's wise to your game now these nine people, fine, but <laughs> not to mention all the sadness heads out there. <laughs> I'm really trying to get that to catch on. 
<laughs> so, so how do you feel? Do you feel like we, we ran we ran the gamut? Do you feel like we covered everything? I do. I wish we could have played It Doesn't Matter by the Rock and Mike Lipshaw. Ah, uh, man. Can you put that in when you edit it? Just now? Probably. Just <laughs> <laughs> Nope, I'm doing this one. <laughs> Chris, where can people see you? Where can people find you on the internet? Nowhere. Okay. I'm on, not on Facebook. Um, I am on Twitter. Englishman, Englishman Chris. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ted Kaczynski. Give it up for him. You know, Chris Milner, that's my guest. Give it up for Chris, everybody. <laughs> and remember, nothing is going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.